brethren, Brother Bob here again. This podcast topic is about knowing God with the subtitle, Don't Check Your Brains at the Church Door. Brethren, I've heard Bible teachers say or read out loud the spiritual rhetoric that goes something like this. It's not as important to know about God as it is to know God. To which I say, huh? That sounds like a scatterbrain concept to me. Actually, if you think about it, it's not even possible to know God without knowing about God first. Now, when these people make the rhetorical statement to know God, they mean to know him personally or intimately. Now, come on, put on your spiritual thinking caps. How on God's green earth can anyone intimately know God if they don't know what God is like? How on God's green earth can anyone intimately know God if they don't know what God's moral standards are? How on God's green earth can anyone intimately know God if they don't know what God likes or dislikes? And how on God's green earth can anyone intimately know God if they don't know what God's characteristics or attributes are like? When a person first gets saved, the only thing that they really know about God is that he loved them enough to choose to suffer and die to pay for their sins. New believers don't yet know God intimately. That process of getting closer to God, i.e. getting more intimate with God, comes through reading the Bible and prayer and finding out what God likes and what God does not like. The Bible clearly shows us that it is impossible to truly know God unless you first know about God. And we cannot know about God unless we know what God's written word says about God. There's no other place we can find out about God but the Bible. Now, I know there's a lot of books out there in Christendom about God and who God is and what God likes, but if them books are not Bible-based, throw them in a garbage can. I keep telling my listeners, for every truth of scriptures, Satan has a half-truth that sounds all pious and holy and righteous, but it's still a lie. Remember what I share with you all the time. A half-truth and a half-truth is still a lie. Sadly, a lot of believers will say, but I read my scriptures all the time and I, I never hear directly from the Lord while I'm doing that. Dear Christian friends, if you find yourself thinking that way, then you are not grasping the concept that as you read your scriptures, those words written out in the Bible are the Lord speaking to you. John 10, 27 through 28, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Brethren, where would believers today hear the voice of Christ? On a cloud? In the wind of the trees? Or in the wind of the prairie? Nope. Come on, now think about this. Where would believers today hear the voice of Christ? Through his already established written on words that we find in the scriptures. When you are reading and hopefully comprehending your scriptures, that is the Lord trying to talk to you. It is not the norm, especially in the church age, for the Lord to be audibly speaking to his people. Now I've heard people say that they have heard the Lord audibly, but again, that's not normal. And any believer who is being honest with you knows that the Lord doesn't talk to people audibly like he used to. Many in the church believe the concept that unless they feel or sense the presence of God around them, they don't believe God is around them. Well, that concept that they have is not only unbiblical, it's absurd. Psalm 34, 15 through 18, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers. To cut off their memory from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears. And delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted And saves those who are crushed in spirit. Do you believe those words from God? Because those are words from God. See the problem with a lot of believers today in the church. Is they're longing for this experiential visit from the Lord. They want to literally feel God touch them. Or zap them with something tangible. 
Sorry, saints, God doesn't work that way these days. God touches us through his written word. He zaps us with new understandings of his written word. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. What the Lord is telling us in this verse is that he's got this. He's telling us that he's got our backs. This is why it is so essential for God's people to simply rely on what his written word says and not on what we wish it said. 2 Timothy 3.16-17, All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Brethren, our God-breathed living scriptures are basically recordings of the thoughts, ideas, plans, and the will of God. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You want to feel the presence of God in your life? Then let his living double-edged sword written word of God stick you and then move you in a direction that the word of God is telling you to go. Brethren, don't allow yourself to be moved by a feeling you think might be from the Lord. God will never ever move you in a direction that goes contrary to his written word. Church, it's not the Holy Spirit's job to convict believers of their sin. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world lost people of their sin. And that conviction is used to draw people to see their need of being saved from their sins. For believers, it's supposed to be the supernatural, living, spiritually alive, double-edged sword, written word of God that's supposed to convict us. Sadly, many in the church do not like to be poked with God's living word, so they instead simply harden their hearts and ignore it. Brethren, either we allow the supernatural, living, spiritually alive, double-edged sword, written word of God to spiritually stick us, which in turn drives us to repent, which in turn results in changes in our spiritual lives, or we ignore the double-edged sword, word of God, which results in a believer never really growing up spiritually. So as you read your Bible, you're basically listening to God's voice that was recorded, quote-quote, recorded on paper. Today in the church age, because we have our completed Bible, we hear more from God and about God than any other believers before us. Do you understand that? I once heard another Christian once say, today in the church age, because we have a whole Bible, we have the whole picture, so to speak, about who God is and what God's will is for his children, while people like Adam, Abraham, David just had parts of that picture. Yeshua told his disciples in Matthew chapter 13, But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you heard, but they didn't hear it. So that means that in the church age, believers have the opportunity to know more about who God is and what God desires and what his attributes are than Moses, David, or even the disciples of Christ did. Again, let that sink in for a couple seconds. After saying that church believers have the opportunity to know God better than any other believers in the scriptures, allow me to give you a spiritual wake-up call. Out of all of God's children in the Bible, which children do you think the Lord is going to hold more accountable for knowing him best? It would be us in the church age who have the inspired, completed, God-breathed, written word of God in its entirety. The Bible says that the only way to truly know God and what God desires for his children is through his commandments. 
1 John 2, 3. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. One would think that if all those believers out there in the church who profess to know God intimately, really did know God intimately, that the churches would be loaded with believers who are constantly learning and obeying all of God's commandments for the church age. Unfortunately, that's not the case. In fact, it's worse than that. Even the most basic of church commandments about like getting your kids out of government schools, not being bombed with unbelievers. I mean, such an obvious thing. People can't even figure out the right name of their Savior. All these Bible scholars, all these wise Christian leaders who are who say they're walking with the Lord and studying their Bible and they can't even figure out the right name of their Savior. I personally believe that if Christ was here and I could talk to him and he asked me, Bob, do you know what my name is? I would say Yeshua. And he would say, Blessed are you, Bob, because the Father revealed that to you. Brethren, how much more intimate do we need to be with God before we go out and obey his commandment to go out into the world and share the gospel of Christ? How much more intimate do you need to be with God before you choose to walk by faith and not by sight? How much more intimate do you need to be with God before you realize you need to do as he commands and not as you feel? Here's some advice for you sign-seeker believers. If you want to see a vision from God, you'll find that vision as you read and study his written word. If you want the Lord to reveal himself to you, he will reveal himself to you as you read and study his written word. You want to talk to God? He will be talking to you as you read and study your scriptures. Again, this isn't rocket science stuff, brethren. Just think about this. we got believers in the church who will bend over backwards to follow the teachings of their pastor because they like them, or we have pastors who follow their denominational beliefs, and yet they don't want to do what the Bible says. Christ said, why do you call me Lord and not do as I say? Brethren, the stuff that I've shared in this podcast so far should be basic Bible Christianity 1.0 for God's people. How would a person know God without first knowing God's word? Without knowing God's word, how would you even know if you are getting to know the right God? I hope you are aware that Satan and his minions do a great job of impersonating church leaders. I hope you are aware that Satan and his minions do a great job of coming up with sweet, pious-sounding religious gibberish that's mixed with half-truths and distorted truths. Either way, they're untruths. Please check out my podcast on false prophets and false teachers in the church to get up to snuff on Satan's dirty schemes. Brethren, without knowing God's word, you wouldn't have any way of knowing if you were actually doing biblical stuff that was of the Lord or simply religious stuff that seems and sounds right. Without knowing God's word, you wouldn't know if and when you are being taught the truth about God or the lies of the devil. Without knowing God's word, you wouldn't know if it was the Lord of creation speaking to you or your fleshly mind. Other than the Bible, what gauge or tool would a person use to determine if they are getting to know God or even the right God? Again, I hope you are aware that the God of this world, Satan, roams around on this planet pretending to be a mighty and holy servant of the Lord, i.e. pastor, shepherd, church leader, Bible teacher, etc., for the sole purpose of bringing all kinds of biblical distortions into the church environment. Satan has no problem using bits and pieces of God's written word to teach God's people half-truths for the purpose of deceiving them. I'm afraid that many believers in the church who think that they are getting a word from the Lord in the middle of the night are in reality getting a word from the God of this world. And what's really sad is that most believers don't even know that Satan is doing that because of their ignorance of the sound doctrines of the scriptures. I heard a pastor tell a large group of believers during his sermon, it is good to know your scriptures, but it's a lot better to know God. 
Again, huh? Normally the church leaders who say this, say this because they don't know their scriptures very well. The easiest way to dumb down believers is to dumb down the word of God. Not to the naive and ignorant Bible believer. What, the, what that pastor said will sound all pious and sanctimonious. But to those believers who know their scriptures, that statement is moronic. What is the Apostle John telling us in 1 John 2.3? By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. John is literally saying if a believer is already striving to learn and then obey God's word, it shows that they already know the Lord. Those believers who choose to learn and then obey God's commandments are revealing that they know the Lord because learning and obeying God's commandments has always been God's number one rule for his children. Any believer who truly desires to know God the way he desires to be known must do that through knowing his word. You see, the God of the Bible is not a deceiver God. God would never tell his people through his written word or through a spoken word or, or through a rima word untruthful things about himself, things that you can't find in the scriptures. If he's going to speak to us, it will always be something that's based on his written word. Does everyone understand that? And what is the reason that God limits everything pertaining about him and about his will and about his goals and about his plans for this world and for the church to his written word? There's a simple answer for that question. The reason is, it is the only way to keep our knowledge of him and his plans and his goals and his word pure and truthful and righteous and absolute. You see, when we go outside of the boundaries of his written word to find new, quote, quote, or better, quote, quote, better things about what or who God is, chaos ensues in the church because it's sinful people using their fleshly minds come up with all kinds of new unbiblical attributes that sound all pious and holy, but are just lies from the devil. I don't care how sincere you are, brother or sister. If you're adding or take away anything from God's word, you're not working for the God of the Bible. You're working for the God of this world. If the church is not going to adhere to the already established biblical truths about who God is and what God likes or dislikes, then it becomes anything goes in the church. You can make up anything you want about who, what, where, and why God exists. If the Lord did not limit who, what, where, and why he is in his written word, then anyone can make up God to be whatever and whomever and wherever and whyever they want him to be. If you do not believe that God's word is the final word on the truths of God, how would you refute someone in the church who told you, last night in a dream, God spoke to me and told me that his angels are really aliens from the planet Sektar? How would you refute someone who told you, God told me in a dream, in a vision, that he favors Chevys over Fords? If you do not believe God's written word is the final authority on God's truths, what book would you use to refute someone who came to you and said, God sent an angel to me last night. He said, it's okay. He's okay with gay marriage. If you're not going to use your Bible as your only gauge for determining truth, it's going to be chaos in the church. If the Lord of the scriptures is not who and what he says he is, according to his written word, then we all might as well live whatever way pleases us. And if God's written word is not the final absolute truth about how God thinks and what God wants, then we have no hope of ever really knowing him. Because he could be whatever to whomever. And sadly, a lot of churches out there in Christendom have turned God into a whatever God. Whatever fits your fancy. You see, the problem that I see with most believers who are always professing that they got a word from the Lord is that what comes out of their mouths clearly shows that the word they got was definitely not a word from the Lord of the Scriptures. 
99% of these supposed words from God come from the sinful, fleshly minds of people who do not know their scriptures. Now, even with that said, I absolutely believe that the God of the Bible is much more complex and glorious than what we read and know about him according to the scriptures. However, I truly believe that because we are finite, sin-cursed humans, we don't even come close to knowing all that God is. The scriptures tell us that once we get our glorified, i.e. sinless and holy bodies in heaven, we will then see him and know him just as he is in all his glory, power, honor, and majesty. Praise God. However, for the time being, I believe that God has limited us to knowing all that he is and all that he wants and all that he seeks to his written word. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Brethren, where but the scriptures are you going to search for the Lord and the things of the Lord? So back to what John said in 1 John 2, 3. By this we know that we have come to know him if, it's conditional, if we keep his commandments. We cannot truly love God if we are living in a neutral spiritual vacuum that is devoid of biblical truth. The only way to literally show that we truly love the Lord is by knowing and then obeying his word, period. Christ said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him and will come to him and make our abode with him. His word is not some mystical, magical thing you hear in the middle of the night. His word is the scriptures. Some believers teach that it's good for God's people to sometimes just stop what they are doing and sit at the feet of Yeshua. Now that idea sounds all nice and pious, but I say, huh? If we could sit at Christ's feet, what do you think he would talk about? Stock market prices, best NFL football teams, buying a Chevy or a Ford. Maybe favorite movies of all time. No. Now, I don't know exactly what Christ would say if we could sit at his feet, but this much I can tell you, whatever he chooses to share or teach, it would be based on a written word. Now, if we if we met Christ, he might choose to share teachings that better explain God's word, but I do not believe that he would add to or remove from any church, age, doctrinal, biblical truths, because if he did that, there would be total biblical confusion and chaos in the church. This is why all of God's purposes, wills, goals, agendas, plans, directions, commandments, etc., etc., are already established in a book we call the Bible. Brethren, anything, absolutely anything new that we learn about the Lord or the ways of the Lord must come from the Bible. Otherwise, believers would be out there teaching and preaching whatever seems right in their own fleshly eyes. And sadly, there's a lot of that going on these days in the churches. Now, what I'm sharing with you is not really deep spiritual stuff, brethren. It's clear from the verses that I shared above that a person has to first know God's word before they can keep, i.e., obey God's word. And they have to first know God's word before they can know God. If we are not obeying what we're learning, we cannot abide, i.e., be living in a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. So it's not biblically possible to know God without knowing and then obeying God's commandments. Scriptures are crystal clear, brethren. A believer cannot know God unless they know and then obey God's word. Even just knowing God's word is not enough. You need to know and obey it. It seems like as the Lord watches our heart and mind as we study and then do what it says, he opens up our eyes to new truths. If we're just reading it and not doing what it says, we're only going to get so far and he's going to shut it down. There's a lot of people in the church who are sincerely deceived believing that they know God because of how they feel about God. There's a lot of people in the church who are sincerely deceived believing that they know God because they accepted some unbiblical teaching from a church leader who told them what they needed to believe in order to know God. 
Many believers are adamant about what they believe about God, and yet, and yet the beliefs that come out of their mouths clearly show that they don't know their scriptures. Again, Christ's own words. He said, many are going to come to me on that judgment day and say, Lord, Lord, remember us? And he's going to say, no, I don't remember you. You didn't do what I told you. You were disobedient. You were a lawbreaker. You didn't follow the instructions in the book. Now, brethren, I share this quite a bit in my podcast, but it's important. There, and I use the church of Sardis as an example. Okay, Christ looked at that church of Sardis. You could say Sardis Bible Church. There was a sign on the building. But he said, you know what? You're full of a bunch of spiritually dead people because you're not doing what the Bible says. You're doing churchy stuff. You've lost your first love. You've given up on being obedient to my word and are doing what seems right in your own eyes. That can happen to Christians. And you can be sincerely deceived by that feeling because you, you think, wow, I feel so good about God, but... You're not doing what God says. He's not going to feel good about you at the judgment seat. Yeah, sadly, there's a whole group of believers out there in the world who are all caught up in the signs and wonders thing. They're just desperate for an experience. You know, the the people that have to speak in a tongue or looking for a prophecy or a supernatural rima word, all these kind of visions and wonder things. And they're going to be so disappointed when they find out all of those dreams and goals were just superficial, fleshly ideas that no longer exists in the church age and those desires they had for those gifts and wonders is going to get burnt up at the judgment seat. It's not going to happen, brethren. Church, it's important to understand that we cannot abide in a close fellowship with God unless we know what pleases and displeases God. And the only way to know what pleases or displeases God is to know your Bible. And not only know your Bible, you need to accurately know which Bible parts are for the church age. All of God's word is good, but not all of God's word is relevant for the church age. You can pick and choose whatever you want, make all kinds of wacky teachings that are no longer relevant for the church age. We're supposed to be following the church epistles. Those are the church instructions for how God wants the church to function. And no matter how much your heart bleeds to see a sign and wonder, no matter how hard your heart bleeds to see some miracles and some supernatural apostolic gifts going on, it's not going to happen. And for you to keep desiring that, you're desiring things that are outside of the scriptures that are for the church age. And those longing desires that you have for signs and wonders are going to leave you empty because they're not going to happen. They're not going to happen until the Antichrist shows up and starts to deceive the church. Psalm 119, 169 through 176 says, Let me cry among you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Let my lips utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. Let my tongue sing of your word, for all your commandments are righteous. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen to obey your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live that it may praise you. And let your ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. I seek you as a servant. But I did not forget your commandments. Brethren, God does not want his people trying to please him with stuff that's not Bible based. Lord knows that the church is loaded with lots of sheep who just don't know their scriptures. Our Heavenly Father is not pleased when his children choose to make up and then obey their own teachings or beliefs, regardless how sincere they might be. And yet many believers today do just that, doing what seems right in their own eyes. And they do that because they believe that doing stuff that seems righteous, even if it's not biblical, somehow results in them having a strong, loving relationship with their Heavenly Father. If you believe that, you are both biblically ignorant and deceived. 
Again, Christ asked the question, why do you call me Lord and not do as I say? Oh, you might have warm, squishy feelings for Christ, but Christ doesn't feel the same way about you. So let me close this up by saying I believe that most believers don't know the God of the Scriptures very well because they don't know the Scriptures very well. And I believe the reason that most believers don't hear from God is because most believers don't study the Scriptures and listen for God's voice. I believe the reason why so many believers are deceived about who God is and what God wants from his children is that they think that how they feel about God is much more important than what they know about God. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet, Lord, and a light for my path. Your true friend in Christ, Brother Bob. So again, if you need to get a hold of me, it's brobob number 4 him at gmail.com. It's brobob number 4 him at gmail.com. I don't have time to get back to all of you, but just remember I am reading and listening, and I'm thankful for the, the remnant out there that cares about truth and is striving to please the one who hung on nails and died for them.